Some Western commentators doubt the realism of Ukraine recapturing Crimea. I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's uh, Crimea is the linchpin of Ukraine being able to liberate everything else. Ukraine, technically a country without a navy, like we have patrol boats and all this stuff, but we don't have like actual ships. And we destroyed a ship and a submarine. Without a navy, we're managing to exactly. change the way things work in the Black Sea now. If it turns from a fortress into like this uncertain place that Russia has to spend colossal money to just maintain, then it's going to be uh, really great for Ukraine's counteroffensive operations. Hi everyone, and welcome to This Week in Ukraine, a show where the newsroom of the Kyiv Independent explains Ukraine's biggest events in just under 30 minutes. I'm your host, Anastasia Lapatina. Today, I speak to my colleague, Igor Kwasa, about how Ukraine uses Western weapons and a lot of creativity to cause some serious destruction to Russian forces in occupied Crimea. Igor, thank you for coming on. Hello. But before we go on, we really need you to subscribe to the Kiva Dependent, wherever you're listening to the show, whether that's on YouTube or on audio platforms. Please like our content, rate us, leave reviews and comments. It's really crucial and it only takes a second. But it helps others find your show, and we will be able to keep more people informed about Russia's war in Ukraine. Okay, so Igor, the last few weeks have been really unfortunate for Russian occupiers in Crimea. Ukraine has been hitting target after target, including places as important as the headquarters of the Russian Black Sea Fleet in Sevastopol, which is huge. Um, But the question is, why has Ukraine been targeting Crimea so much recently? What exactly are we trying to destroy there? Crimea is very important for Russia. It was the first thing that they attacked and took over in 2014. It provides Russia with a uh, warm water naval base. Um, It's very well strategically positioned towards the center of the Black Sea. Russia has uh, Russian long range weapons can strike a wide area from it. Um, Great for ships. Um, And after Russia built that uh, bridge from mainland Russia to Crimea, they can use it uh, as a main line of supply. Uh, There are multiple military bases, including air bases and, more importantly, naval bases where the Black Sea Fleet is based. It's also kind of a pressure point. And uh, some Western commentators doubt the realism of Ukraine recapturing Crimea. I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's uh, Crimea is the linchpin of Ukraine being able to liberate everything else. Crimea has been super important for resupplying Russia's forces, and the counteroffensive needs to weaken it as much as possible. So... uh, Russia has to move assets away, like ships, uh, maybe change up how it does air defense there, uh, maybe reduce how safe it is for Russia to move supplies and equipment there. If it turns from a fortress into like this uncertain place that Russia has to spend colossal money to just maintain, then it's going to be really great for Ukraine's counteroffensive operations. So walk us through some of the most devastating attacks that Crimea has seen recently and the potential effects that has had on Russia's war in Ukraine. The latest major attack that everyone's talking about is the attack on the uh, Russian uh, Black Sea Fleet uh, naval base in Sevastopol. That's the main base they have there. Ukrainians claim the attack supposedly killed 34 officers, including the commander of the Black Sea Fleet. Uh, Sokolov, uh, Russia later showed uh, video footage of him being alive that that's uh, dated um, 
after the attack and supposedly Ukraine, yeah and then we don't russia has done this before but then ukraine also claimed to have killed people uh, that later turned out they're alive ukraine is now saying they're reviewing whether they actually killed mm-hmm. them so that's gonna be coming soon but um that aside they did inflict a lot of damage and they, they struck the main naval base of russia has in crimea at a time where all these officers were having a meeting and like the missiles actually got through i think that's the important thing to look at this is arguably one of the most important, if not the most important, military base Russia has there, right? Correct. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's the main one. It's uh, it's very well defended, and uh, well, clearly not, <laughs> not as well defended as they wanted it to be. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into that very soon. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say is something I've read. I don't know if this is true, but supposedly Ukraine was able to conduct a strike thanks to intelligence given by. Russian military officers who hadn't been paid by Moscow, so they sold out their defenses. So if that's true, then it just shows, again, the level of um, unprofessionalism and discord that's in the Russian military, and that's not going to help them hold on to the peninsula. There has also been a lot of damage done to Russian air defenses in Crimea recently, right? Yeah. Well, besides the the, the, the Sevastopol strike, there have been multiple strikes on that area. Um, there were, to, to stick with naval bases for a time earlier, there was um, a couple of weeks ago, there was an attack on a dry dock by, with uh, mostly drones, as far as we know. Uh, Ukraine produces naval drones. And it has actually destroyed um, or taken out of operation a ship, uh, and a, sub- a kilo-class submarine called the Rostov-on-Don. And this was trumpeted everywhere that Ukraine, technically a country without a navy, like we have patrol boats and all this stuff, but we don't have like actual ships. And we destroyed a ship and a submarine. And the Ukrainian defense ministry trolled Russia very mercilessly with it. Um, they also hit multiple air bases. A couple of days ago, there was one in Saki. Uh, I believe that a couple of dozen people were reported also uh, killed and some hardware destroyed. But to get to your question, the, uh, the air defenses. That is, uh, I would argue, one of the most important things that Ukraine has managed to destroy. Why so? Um, the, the most advanced system, arguably, that Russia has is the S-400. Um, there's the, the, the S you know, series, I guess you would call it. Uh, there's 200, 300, 400, and the 400 is the most recent and most advanced one. It, uh, its missiles are supposed to destroy anything in the air that's approaching it or a target it doesn't want with hundreds of kilometers away. I think those are the ones they have like around Moscow and stuff. Exactly. The yeah. they, have Mosca- they have them in Moscow. They have them in Crimea. Those are like two of the most defended areas in, in Russian airspace. Well, Russian airspace or airspace of places they've occupied. And uh, Russia has been really touting this thing. Like this, this thing is like a checkmate. Uh, the, 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 the weapon's name is called the Triumph. Um, it's very optimistic. Um, and they're, they're for two reasons. One is Russia's really wants to project an air invulnerability and actually defend all of its assets with this super missile and also to be able to sell it to uh, procurement officials in foreign militaries. Mm-hmm. They wanted to say $500 million for this, you know, super missile. It's, it's wonderful. You can't, you know, you're invincible. However, um, Ukraine has destroyed two out of the four battal- uh, S-400 battalions that are guarding the island. That's half of their S-400 you know, um, capacity, capacity yeah, is destroyed, which means a, that, you know, Russia's losing air defenses quickly. And that sort of adds up and two, um, their 
their triumph is not as triumphant as they previously uh, told us. And uh, that means less foreign buyers, uh, less money for the Kremlin, but also that means we know how to defeat them. It just means that there's uh, less and less air cover to go around, and that means that Ukraine's capabilities and, and gaps for its, other for its weapons are multiplying and Russia's are shrinking, and Russians are going to have to make some very tough choices on how they defend the island. Are they going to keep these S-400 batteries on the move, which repositioning them takes time and it reduces their effectiveness? Are they going to like defend certain areas and not others, which means Ukraine can just strike at the undefended ones? Um, if the attacks on Russia's main territory persist, like Moscow and air bases inside Russia, is is Russia going to move these things back into Russian territories and reducing the, the way that the, they're this, the circle around them covers, you know, how much Ukrainian territory it covers. Uh, so these are like just for the for the talismanic value for the for the you know bragging rights is um, it just showed the world how mm, flawed Russia's air defenses are, and also just for how open Ukraine is leaving Russia to uh, Russian occupied Crimea to further attacks. So Crimea is, of course, the southernmost part of Ukraine and the city of Sevastopol that we've been talking about, uh, it's around 250 kilometers away from the active front line, which is quite far. So what military capabilities is Ukraine using to hit targets that far in Crimea? 2023, uh, Ukraine has a bit more toys to play with uh, than in 2022, uh, both of its own and things that have been given by uh, allies. Um, Ukraine has uh, its uh, drone production program, Army of Drones. It's really expanded and uh, defined certain classes of drones it wants to produce. It really focused down on them instead of just, we want drones. Uh, they know what they're doing and they're being spec-built for the job at hand. And a lot of this is to uh, destroy these kinds of defenses in Crimea. So this is the somewhat secretive drone program that Ukraine has been developing for years now. Somewhat secretive, but um, a bunch of journalists, including myself, were invited for like a demonstration to right. um, see well all the weapons. They, they look really impressive. They're, they're, they range from quad coppers to like those plain looking uh, drones that uh, attacked Moscow, actually. Like they showed the video of them taking off and then flying into Moscow uh, business uh, office type of things. And the, the, the really cool ones are like the, the black, sleek, speedboat-looking ones that um, uh, were reportedly uh, involved in damaging uh, a section of the Crimea Bridge. Um, so it's, it's great. Um, it's, it's, it's paying dividends, and the production is way more than I expected them to do. Uh, the other thing is, uh, obviously, we got uh, storm shadow missiles, uh, which are also called uh, scalps in France, storm shadows in the UK. Uh, they are uh, air-launched cruise missiles uh, that you could just launch and forget it. You don't have to guide them. They, 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 once they lock on, they know where they're going. These have been really great for striking Crimea. Their, their, their range and the fact that they're um, standoff um, is, is great. And these are the longest-range weapons we have so far, right? As far as I know, yeah. And uh, the, the, it's, it's not just the, the, the storm shadows or the drones, but creative combinations of them. Uh, we also have um, anti-radiation missiles. That's missiles that see uh, lock, lock onto a signal of like a radar or something, and they, they fly to it and they destroy it. So we, 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 can, have, we can play around with those as well. So there's, there's a lot of this stuff. And uh, we also use, uh, I've heard, modernized uh, missiles, anti-air anti -air missiles uh, from the S 
series like S-200, S-300 missiles. Ukraine has a lot of S-300 systems of its own. And much like Russia, it doesn't just use them for uh, air defense. It also applies them creatively. I was talking to a Ukrainian intelligence operative about one of the latest attacks that took out an S-400 system with a price tag of supposedly over $1 billion. Um, he described how they did it. First, they attacked the, the, the area, the, the site, I'm guessing, with uh, modernized S-200 missiles. Um, then once Russia's air defenses switched on against them, they used, uh, they locked onto the radar signal with uh, AGM-88 harm missiles, which are anti-radiation missiles that, that track the signal. And once they, once they did that, then they followed up with the storm shadows that actually took out and you know, did the main damage. Uh, there were these um, videos posted by uh, Ukrainian intelligence that showed giant explosions with little, you know, characteristics, puffs of white flying each way. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah. So it was, uh, that's what I mean by creative combinations of things they have. The more things Crimea has uh, in its uh, arsenal, the uh, more ways they can apply um, to overcome Russia's defenses, which are uh, formidable, but have some glaring weak points, both technically and organizationally. There has also been some partisan activity, too, in Crimea, right? Yeah, there are partisans in Crimea. There is even partisans in Russia. Um, in Crimea, they are doing reconnaissance for Ukrainians or blowing things up directly. There is a group called Atesh that has been um, targeting parts of the railway infrastructure, which Russia needs to move uh, heavy, uh, large quantities of uh, supplies. Wow. Uh, that is an extra layer of headache for Russia because, you know, these guys are very secretive. They... And they, they have done um, significant enough damage to Russia to be a problem. So after many months of negotiations, it looks like Ukraine might be finally getting the Army Tactical Missile System, commonly known as ATACMS, from the U.S. And this would be the longest range weapon at Ukraine's disposal. Is it going to be put to use mainly in Crimea as well? I don't know if it's going to be put to use mainly in Crimea, but I would very much expect it to be used in Crimea because it would be really great to add to Ukraine's toolbox for striking the peninsula. And it's great generally. It's not just for Crimea because, A, yeah, like you said, it's very long range. It, it has multiple qualities that uh, would make it really tough for Russia to counter, and it would be just one of the greatest things for Ukraine to have right now with uh, its tactics of striking Russian uh, weak points and supply uh, depots in its territory or occupied territory. Um, the missile is very fast. It's it's a lot faster than the Storm Shadow cruise missiles or the things we have. It's got more of a ballistic trajectory, which means it drop it can drop on you from above, making it very hard to shoot down. Uh, it can be launched from a uh, from a high Mars, which is a very fast vehicle. You know, um, it it can drive, shoot, and scoot. Uh, Attackums once you fire it, you could just fire and forget. You don't have to. It, it's going to do its job. The warhead can be a solid explosive or it can be a cluster uh, munitions. Um, there's, there's all these advantages and uh, Russia is probably going to have very little answer to it if uh, Ukraine's already doing what it's doing without the attackums. Uh, we've mainly seen attackums missiles used uh, in, from, from engagements uh, from conflicts a couple of decades ago, but uh, since then they have been modernized and they're even better and harder for Russia to hit. So their performance is probably superior to what has been observed uh, when the U.S. used it in its conflicts. So is this trend of intense attacks on Crimea going to continue going forward? I think these attacks will persist on Crimea. Um, 
it's uh, Ukraine is going to keep targeting Russia's main supply line and its main uh, naval and air bases there, uh, take out fuel depots, and it's just going to make it as difficult and expensive as possible to try to hold down to Crimea, which Russia is going to do because it can't afford to lose it in terms of it can't take the prestige hit. And it's just uh, strategically and tactically, it's it's very important for projecting its power and continuing its fight against Ukraine. Um, and Crimea, it's not only like a Russia's base, it's also an end goal for us in itself, right? Like of this course. war is going to have to end with liberating Crimea. Of course. Uh, Crimea, uh, the, the goal of liberating Ukraine uh, includes Crimea because Crimea is, is of course, part of Ukraine. Um, and the, the these attacks have already borne dividends. Um, the, the Black Sea fleet has already scattered somewhat. They, they moved some of them to uh, Novorossiysk and we took out a ship in Novorossiysk there too. So that's not going to keep them safe. They're, they're, they're moved apart. They're like hiding in little harbors or, and they're still getting hit. Um, in the Black Sea, there were a couple of boats in open waters that were hit. Without a Navy, we're managing to exactly. change the way things work in the Black Sea now. Yeah. And uh, that's going to... That's going to make it, like I said, a huge headache to hold on to. And if, with, if that's happening, it's going to be increasingly harder for Russia to fight in a competent way as it loses things and uh, Ukraine's opportunities open up more and more. Uh, in the end, uh, Crimea is going to have to be liberated. And uh, I don't know at what point of the war that's going to happen. But for now, uh, Ukraine hopes to uh, make holding on to Crimea so untenable that lots of these systems and boats and you know ships and all this stuff would have to be maybe moved out for safety or russia simply or like prevent russia from simply having being able to uh defend it we're now going to be moving to some questions that we got from the members of our community as always, I'll remind you guys to subscribe to the Kim Independent, become a member of our community. It's really simple. Just take a minute, go to kimindependent.com slash membership. There are different options like a one-time donation and also a monthly subscription. You get really cool perks like exclusive access to discussions with editors, access to a Discord server with all of the members of our community. Of course, our favorite perk is that you get to send us in some questions before every single episode of the podcast, and we try to incorporate as many of them as we can. So that's at caveindependent.com slash membership. And the question that we're going to be tackling this time is, as military targets are destroyed in Crimea, is Russia rebuilding them quickly, or is the strength of Russia and Crimea dwindling? That's a good question. I think that uh, Russia is... Um, Russia is will rebuild what it can rebuild but um it's it's hard to rebuild a, a fuel depot if it's struck and all the fuel gets on fire for example or an air defense system let's say these s-400s they're they're very advanced russia can't make them very quickly even though it's uh, evading sanctions the the technology and the skill level used is just too much so with high value targets um the rate uh that 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 which they're being destroyed and the rate at which Russia can rebuild them is um, the, 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 the rebuilding rate is much lower. As for the bases themselves, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how fast Russia can rebuild them, but in terms of the um, high value equipment and tech stored within and possibly high value 
officers uh, that are getting killed or heavily injured, um, Russia can't replenish them that quickly. Igor, thank you so much for coming on. It was very interesting. Thank you. Also this week, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky confirmed that the first U.S.-made Abrams tanks have finally arrived in Ukraine. Prime Minister Denis Shmuhal announced that the Ukrainian government has recently implemented all seven steps recommended by the European Commission, including reforms to the Constitutional Court, the media, anti-corruption organs, and the laws on national minorities. This effectively means that Ukraine can now officially begin accession talks with the European Union. And Ukraine's gross domestic product grew by 19.5% year-on-year in the second quarter of 2023. This is the first time Ukraine's economy grew year-on-year since the start of Russia's full-scale invasion in 2022. You can find our show on YouTube and all audio platforms every Friday morning. If you like this episode, please, please subscribe to us, rate us, like us, leave comments and reviews. Uh, support us by going to communityindependent.com membership and becoming a member of our community. And also by following us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening.